You're listening to the Nerdonomy Podcast, Episode 1. What is this? Nerds on film. 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 Nerds on intersectionality. Nerds on We are Nerdonomy. Hello, listeners. Thank you for listening to this first episode officially of the Nerdonomy podcast. Before we actually dive into the episode content, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up. This new podcast is on a season format. So some of these episodes we're going to hear are recorded recently and some are episodes have been recorded in the uh, in the in the past. The first episode you're going to hear today, we wanted to address uh, what it's been like for us to deal with this whole pandemic that we've been all been facing. Um, and we want to give you the heads up that it was actually recorded in early June, June 6th to be exact. So some of the references we are making uh, are tailored to that time period, in which obviously there was a lot going on in the world. There's still a lot going on in the world, but definitely some very important things were going on in the world at that time. So with that, I just wanted to say, enjoy the episode. And everything else we said, you should actually expect. We should have the rest of the episodes going within within a month or so. Hopefully we'll have some more out by uh, by November and for sure by the end of 2020. Enjoy. Welcome to the Nerdonomy podcast. I'm Gina Giovanetti. And as you can tell, this is my first episode back after some time away. On our show, we have a revolving table of hosts from all areas of nerddom. On today's show, we have two hosts that need no introduction. If you have been listening to the Nerdonomy podcast for a while, we have Sarah Ashley and Brian Moriarty. What up? What um, up? Yeah. Hey, guys. It's good to hear from you again. Hey, friends. So it has been a little while. Uh, I was unable to be on our previous episode, the Oscar episode. I think we have a little bit of catching up to do. So maybe we'll just chat about where we've been, what's been going on since then, Yeah, since we've been there. I mean, let's be real here. Gina, you weren't even on the Oscar episode that was the last episode of Nerds on Film. So it's been over a year since you've been on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, this is it. This this feels kind of nice. It does feel a little bit like a triumphant return. Um, I did recently graduate from Woo! college at. Woo -woo! Thank you. At almost thirty, I finally got my BA. Uh, I have a now. I have a BA in English with a minor in women and gender studies and. Listeners, do not come at me with your Avenue Q references. I have heard it many a time. I know exactly what I am doing with my BA in English. Shit. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's good. I still haven't figured out what to do with mine. So thanks. You guys, I have, you guys have it easy. I have a theater degree. So, yeah. okay. I just thought it was funny that while I was at school, I worked in the writing center. That's how I made a little money while I was up there. And I would have people come in and I, they would, you know, normal college conversation is, oh, what are you majoring in? And I would say, I'm, I'm getting a BA in English. And you'd all, I'd always get these people that suddenly got this very smug look on their face. And it was always the same of like, uh, are you familiar with Avenue Q? And I'm just like, I know exactly what I'm doing with my BA in Eng English, first of all. Also, a bold move to lambast the degree of the person who's currently making your essay not a hot pile of garbage. So, <laughs> right. 
Um, <laughs> true. Very, very bold, true. Bold move. Let's see how it plays out. Um, I was also not on the last episode of the podcast, your Oscar episode, because it was right in the middle of a show that I was doing. While I was up at school, I was really actively involved in our on-campus production of Eve Ensler's The Vagina Monologues. Um, we have, uh, we when we spell out vagina, we do put an asterisk on the end because our show is uh, trans and non-binary inclusive. And we do a lot of editing to make it more relevant and more appropriate for today. Um, we also do it as a charity show to raise money for Verity, which is Sonoma County's only rape and abuse crisis center. And this year we raised, I believe, just or not either just over six thousand or almost seven thousand dollars for Verity. Nice. Um, and it's nice. a really, really great thing to to be a part of. And um, I'm I'm really happy to be back, though. So it's nice to be able to use my voice there and use my voice here as well. Uh, Brian, what have you been up to? Uh, well, <laughs> so the last time you guys heard me, I was on the Oscar episode. Um, you know, what, what's really changed um, since the last time we talked? I'm trying to think. Oh, everything. Everything has changed. <laughs> I have been working from home for the last three months because um, because of a global fucking pandemic. So that's where that's what I've been up to. <laughs> I've been learning doing that. And then um, that's kind of like thrown everything that we had planned for the last three months uh, up in the air. We had to cancel a, a, a trip to France that we had planned for um, mid-May. Um we, we, we uh, Vanessa and I were both acting in a, in a play that in a musical that um, has now been pushed out a year because of that, because of this. Um, and but listen, I don't want to curse the dark. I want to light candles. So that's kind of like been the the negative thing. But the positive with the way I've taken this this whole thing going forward um, is I've been learning how to do a lot of shit for myself that I was relying on other services for. So I'm I, I've been very like happily practicing and learning new skills that I, uh, or making the skills that I already had better. So, um, that's kind of what I've been up to in a nutshell. Excellent. I'm glad that you have been able to use this time to kind of think about how you can make yourself better and try to see the optimism in what is, what is, or is not going on. Sarah, what have you been up to? Fucking postponing a wedding. That's what I've been doing. That Can't you tell how blows. excited I am about it? Yeah, this coronavirus <laughs> yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. So last time you guys uh, heard from me on the Oscar podcast, I was engaged and I, I mean, I'm still engaged. That is still a fact. Um, but now uh, our wedding, which was supposed to happen in August, 2020 is now pushed out to July, 2021. Um, but we're still actually getting married on August 1st, regardless, um, which will be very nice. Um, we'll just have a small, intimate backyard ceremony with just family. Um, but what else have I been doing? I've been working from home a lot, um, not being very good about keeping my work-life balance, but I'm trying to be better about it. Um, and also, well, I mean, a lot of stuff has been happening out in the world, uh, Black Lives Matter. And so I've been out kind of trying to help um, with that as well, doing what I can to support the movement. So 
there's just a lot that's been happening in a, over this very, it's been more than 80 days since all of this went down. So just a lot's been happening. Yeah. We have a friend who put it, um, pretty succinctly because I think we all felt like the March was like the long night. It wouldn't, it just wouldn't end. Um, he put mm-hmm. on, he put on social media. I spent four years in my house last month. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, there's, there's been a lot going on and whether, whether we've had to stay inside or whether we've been out in the movement, like Sarah mentioned, there are a lot of things that are going on in the world or have been going on in the world. And, um, for a lot of us, we we have been staying inside. Um, the shelter in place began several months ago. We are at a point where things are kind of starting to open up a little bit, but we're we're also playing it safe too. And we're in a position where it is incredibly important to take care of our mental health, whether that be because we feel isolated or because we feel that there is so much going on in the world. And a lot of times we do end up turning to entertainment, some form of the arts, whether that be movies or TV or books or something like that. So we thought today we would discuss a little bit of what media have we been turning to during this time? And that can be any type of media. That could be music. That could be anything that I mentioned previously. That could be getting out and doing something like a hobby. And maybe we'll talk about some of our favorites. And maybe you'll be able to find something new to to give yourself comfort as well during this time. So... Um, is, would anyone like to go first or would you like me to begin? We can also talk about why we were incorporating certain media into our lives. Girl, you're a host and you pick this stuff. You drive it. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So I'm going to just list out some of the highlights of my media consumption and then we can talk about it or we can kind of go around the table and see if we had anything that was similar, anything that was different. So I'm going to start with movies. Um, I stayed with my wonderful boyfriend up in Sonoma for about the last two months of my schooling, because even though all of my classes went remote, I had better internet. I was able to keep my room up there. I was very lucky, but his family was lovely and took me into their home. And so he and I were able to do a lot of things together. And one of the things that has been kind of a running joke with us is that when David and I got together five years ago, he found out that I had never seen Blade Runner, the original. And travesty. I know. I'm sorry. Who the hell are you? Um, I know. Let me just, next time I see you in person, I will give you my nerd card. You can tear it up in front of me. Um, But I had never seen Blade Runner. And I'm actually not even sure you're human anymore. I'm starting to think you're a replicant. I know, right? <laughs> you can get the the Voight-Kampff test on me. But it, it became a running joke with us because fairly early on in our relationship, we were like, okay, we're going to watch Blade Runner. And then we never did. And then we ended up being long distance for several years. And then I, I moved up there for school and I, I split my time between Sonoma and and my home in San Jose, um, depending on whether I'm, I'm in school or not. And so when uh, Shelter in Place was enacted, we finally thought, okay, I'm finally going to watch Blade Runner. So 
finally watched it. It was great. Um, I know that there are multiple versions out there. What he explained to me is that the version that is, I guess, currently available on Netflix or was available on Netflix when we watched it is the version that I guess supposedly, according to him, is the version that I guess is closest to what Ridley Scott had imagined Blade Runner was supposed to have been. He told me that I guess in the original theatrical release, there was like a a voiceover from Harrison Ford throughout mm-hmm. most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not the version that we saw. We saw the right. one without Harrison Ford's voiceover and I really liked it. It was visually stunning. I was definitely curious as to why I had never seen it before. and. I was really, really happy to have finally seen it. And um, now now we we don't have that running joke anymore of, well, when are we going to watch Blade Runner? Um, Another kind. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say just to chime in for a moment, because now you're talking about movies and we all know that we had a podcast that was devoted to movies because we were all fucking on it um yes so uh just to talk about that quickly so yeah there are actually four versions of blade runner there was the theatrical really release, there was an extended cut there was the quote-unquote director's cut which actually ridley scott was not that involved okay. in so it's weird that they called it the director's cut and then so the version you saw was what we call the final cut and that is the one that is the the one that you said it's the closest to scott's um original intentions when he made the film Okay. Yeah. And I I think that may have also been why I hadn't seen the film for so long is because I get very overwhelmed when people tell me a bunch of different things all at once. So sometimes I would say like, oh, I'm going to watch Blade Runner. And then I would get hit with like, well, are you watching this version? Oh, you have to watch this version. Oh, no, you have to watch this other version. And so it's like I get very overwhelmed and like I don't know what to do. And I'm a people pleaser and I want to make everyone happy. But I also didn't want to watch all four like cuts of the same movie. So, yeah, well, it's like Brazil, too. Brazil has like four different cuts to it as well. So good. Yeah. Um, So I don't blame you. And actually, I might have misspoken. I don't know if there's if it's an extended cut or if it was a cut that was made specifically for television. Um, And Uh, and I'm not just talking about like they took out the curse words. I actually think they actually made a separate cut of the movie for television. So interesting. Yeah. So I I think that might be one of the four versions, not the extended cut. Forgive me. I don't have. You know, I. I Gina, I think you watched the you watched the right one. Yeah, though. you did. I think you watched the okay. better one. Did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if I w- if I was going to watch any of them, I watched the right one. So that's yeah. that's good yeah. to know. On on the flip side of that coin, another film that we watched together because it's one that uh, David really enjoys. That is also kind of a, a cult classic. Is um, I also watched Big Trouble in Little China <laughs> for the first time. Oh wow! Which um, honestly. I feel like it was kind of a good time. Like it was, it was, it was a popcorn movie. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a quintessential some, action adventure movie. One hundred percent. It yeah, it yeah. really is. And I'm not saying there are aspects of it that aren't problematic. There totally are. But like in the same way that like it, it, it kind of almost felt like the Goonies for adults kind of thing. It had it had that kind <laughs> of a feel to it. Okay. Um, I, I mean, not that the Goonies isn't for adults, but like it, you know what I mean? It had that kind of like, 
I don't have to sit here and like analyze things that happened. I can sit here. I can eat my popcorn. I can enjoy this movie. And now I can like go outside and do something else. It's not a movie that was like trying to be cerebral or trying to be anything else more than just like it's a fun movie. Sit your ass down, have some laughs and then go about the rest of your day, which I think is something that we we sort of lose as movies progress. I think we get fewer and fewer movies that just like want to have fun. I think there are so many, especially when we get things like remakes, we tend to try to like give more information or extra information, especially when it comes to things like remakes of horror. Um, the the last movie I'm going to mention that David and I watched, um, because I think it, it is definitely worth mentioning, is not a horror remake. And it is some of like the best original horror that I have seen lately. Um, David got a subscription to Shudder, uh, S-H-U-D-D-E-R, like shivering. Mm-hmm. And we watched a film called Mandy with Nicolas Cage. And hey, it was It was some weird shit, but it was really good. Like uh, you, you get some aspect, you get like a couple scenes of like Nicolas Cage doing his Nicolas Cage freak out thing, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel unwarranted. It doesn't feel like Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage just to be Nicolas Cage. It feels it, it, it feels appropriate for the the particular scene in in the movie and it's such a weird movie to explain it's Nicolas Cage and his wife are kind of um you know they live in the mountains they live a fairly isolated life and then these religious fanatics come in and they they kidnap his wife and there's a storyline that there's these like they're almost like monsters but they're apparently like biker like a biker gang that has for so long taken this incredibly powerful LSD and he like goes and he he kills them and he kills this like religious fanatic and it's it's a lot it is also very very violent but it was it is trippy as fuck but it was really good and really really interesting and I definitely recommend that if you are looking for some type of new horror that isn't a remake. And so those those were the three new pieces of media that I had watched. They're not necessarily new to the world, but they were new to me. I also, TV wise, uh, I watched, I'm just going to mention these briefly. I mentioned a show or I, I watched a show on Netflix that's newer called Never Have I Ever that centers around a uh, young Indian woman. Or it was, a, that a, was really good. Was yeah. A really good show. Did you watch it? I did. I did. I couldn't stop. Yeah. Um, I, I love things that, that center around flawed characters who are going through some shit. And the, I, I thought that the way that the characters were written was just beautiful. And just this, you know, this, this high achieving self-centered girl being at the center of the story, um, completely ignoring her own grief from losing her dad. It was just but also just being this like lighthearted, funny comedy too. It was like, 
it was very, very well done. I liked it because I also didn't feel like the cultural aspect of the main character was a parody of being Indian either. It seemed it seemed fairly uh, authentic. And I think that's partially because um, I know Mindy Kaling was involved in the creation of the show. I'm Mm -hmm. not entirely sure how I'm not sure she was a producer or uh, a writer or both. Um, I do know that she was involved in that. And I like that it seems like most of the primary cast of the high school students are actually played by teens. I think the lead actress is, you know, she's, she's 18, but she's still uh, a teenager. She's not so far removed from that part of her life. And so I feel like you mentioned it's, it's flawed characters and we forget that, you know, a all humans are flawed, but b sure. like teens especially. Like I yeah. felt like so much of this was very authentic to that high school teenage experience, which is what made it so enjoyable. Um, and it's it's great that we are also um, putting stories of non-white teens uh, in yeah. the forefront as well. Um, and then. Uh, outside of that, um, David and I, we liked to find a couple shows that we could watch just while we were eating dinner. So now that I'm back home, we have been watching uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender and talking about it over Discord. Uh, I have not seen Avatar The Last Airbender before, so that's been a lot of fun. And then while I was staying with him over dinner, we have been enjoying uh, Stargate SG-1. So we got through at least the first season and a couple episodes into season two. And then I'm going to quickly just mention a couple books that I've read too. I read Sarah Gailey's Magic for Liars in one day because it was so good like it was so new it's magic in like a very non-traditional way um there are queer elements to it there's like some social justice elements to it there's like a mystery element to it like this book has everything like it's it was very it, it was, was great that your step on? um I'm just curious. yes okay <laughs> yes <laughs> um it it has magic noir a dead body cut in half in the library it has everything it's it's a really great book and gaily has been coming out with several books recently they have a new book called upright women wanted that i really want to pick up and um i've also taken this opportunity to reread a couple of books that i have in my collection as i go through several things in my room i've recently reread uh, octavia butler's blood child and other stories which is beautiful sci-fi if you have not necessarily had the chance to pick up her work or pick up her short work. I know a lot of people have read her kindred, either the novel form or the graphic novel form. Um, there that her her short stories are incredible really interesting world building with like just enough of a taste of what's going on without overloading you with with information and i've also been rereading angie thomas's uh the hate you give which is a beautiful story so good i'm just curious have you seen the film adaptation too or no of the hate you give yeah 
I have seen bits and parts of it. I have not watched the film all the way through. I originally picked up this book for a course that I was taking in school uh, about you know, last spring. Um, and um, for those of you who who don't know, I, I plan to use my English BA to become a teacher. I've been accepted to a teaching credential program. And the course that I was taking, it was is kind of a a course that's basically better understanding reading in order to better be able to teach reading. And a lot of the conversations we had are conversations about making the literature that we teach relevant both socially and culturally to our students, which is why we read The Hate You Give, which deals with topics like race and police brutality and how youth especially are are dealing with that and how they are really becoming the voices of their generation and putting themselves out there, whether that be in danger or, you know, trying to to become better activists and really using their voices for the the good of their communities and for the the better of society. There's also elements of um, I, there's also elements of like uh, gang violence and gang warfare in in the hate you give as well. And it is a beautifully written book and. If you have not picked it up, I absolutely urge you to to pick it up because it it, it should totally be required reading in schools. Like absolutely, um, I, I I absolutely agree. And Brian, I I've watched the movie and read the book, and um, I would say both are really good. Um, and the movie is pretty true to the book. Um, although I felt like just for me personally, the book was a bit more powerful. Okay. Um, yeah. Just because, just because the writing is spectacular. Sure. And then yeah, Angie Thomas is an incredible writer right. and the book is always better, right? Like that's, that's pretty much we can guarantee that is right. The, 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 the book is almost <laughs> always better. So yeah, no, yeah. I get it. That's fine. Um, yeah. Cool. Can I, yeah. So that's, that's, that's my list. Yes, you can go, Brian. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's fine. So I've seen stuff, you know, that was it. I'm, and things. No, no, I'm kidding. Cool. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. So, um, so there's a few, I mean, so I think the best way I can, I could break this down is really that, um, Vanessa and I were trying to, um, we're trying to find something that would create some, some pattern of normalcy during this whole thing. Cause I think that was one of the most valuable things we could do, um, during this whole shelter in place business. Oh, hold on a second. Just making sure that, um. Okay, no worries. Just it's just because I'm talking, it's like you guys go completely silent. So it's really, really weird. Um, <laughs> no, you're you're fine. What for, else do you want us to do? Do you want us to try and talk over you? Um, no, you can you can comment on stuff if I pause for a moment. That's fine. As I'm going through, okay. it just it's sorry guys. This is um, pulling back the curtain here. We're recording over Discord for the first time, and so Discord does really good audio filtering on the server and i'm not used to that i'm used to it like not i'm not used to it like muting out um the audio when i'm when it's one person talking so kind of cool yeah it's kind of an adjustment it's definitely it's definitely interesting to try to record and communicate when you don't have that added perk of body language or or visual cues um that indicate someone might want to speak so listeners at home thank you for bearing with us as we we venture into this new foray of communicating with you all and with one another 
Yeah, and let us know how much we're fucking it up. Um, yes. So what? I, so anyway, what I was saying was, we'll cut all that out <laughs> when I do editing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I think what Vanessa and I were trying to do when we got into this whole shelter in place business was to um, try to find some semblance of, of normalcy. So we tried to have kind of a develop a routine, develop um, a social uh, life through distance techniques and uh, her company is on zoom so we were able to create zoom meetings that were for you know little social parties basically and it actually was really helpful because it helped us understand what day of the week it was because we literally had most of the nights of our week with something plugged in for each of those um so like we would do for example um we would do bad movie night every Saturday night and we would get on our friends zoom and he works for the county the county of Santa Clara also uses zoom and we would watch a bad movie over his zoom account um which was fun because we got to see some stuff that we've seen some stuff we hadn't seen before uh a real treat was we watched Masters of the Universe last week <laughs> so nice that was uh, like the 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 he-man yes the movie Dolph, or cartoon the Dolph Lundgren Frank Langella Masters of the Universe with Courtney Cox, a uh, uh, Dancing in the Dark era Courtney Cox. Oh my God! Yeah. Didn't we yeah. watch that? Didn't we watch that at your house once? You, we, like, we tried. You guys couldn't ago. get through all of it, but yeah, we did. Well, I think I fell. I think I fell asleep. To be honest, you totally did. We started it kind of late. Yeah, you totally did. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did, and it's it's and it was it was a, it was a blast. It was just a blast because we were just like we were we were totally because we used the chat features while we're doing it, and so, so we have a whole lot of fun making jokes it's almost like we're doing our own version of mst3k when we're doing it so oh that's fine i love that but we also watched movies that like i had never seen before like i'm still trying to work my way through the um through the afi top 100 um and so like we watched it happen one night we we rented it over um on itunes and we just we just watched it and then um like I had honestly never seen when Harry met Sally from beginning to end. I'd seen most of it, mm. but never all of it from beginning to end. And so we decided to watch all of it together. And it was great. Cause now I'm like, man, I feel like they should just stop making romantic comedies after that. movie <laughs> Because that one just like cracked the code and did it. Like, it was like, why do we need to say anything more about this? This is like, this is it. Like this. Um, Wrap it up. We're done. Yep, exactly. So I think now I, I my my current film opinion is that romantic comedies peaked with that movie and we've just been on a steady decline um um since then. Um so that kind of covers oh, in general. Oh, we also did uh so we were doing bad movie night for and then for a while and then finally Dave um this is not Dave McGuire by the way. This is my wife's friend Dave. Um decided, "No, let's start watching good movies too." So he started doing one on Friday nights. <laughs> so we have what's called Dave's Faves. And so last week we watched uh, Blues Brothers. Last night we watched Blazing Saddles. Really good. Super uh, topical. Oh, yes. Super. And I, mean, I laughed so hard. I think that's probably the, the hardest I've ever laughed watching that movie. Um, it's so good. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. And of course, you know, for our listeners, we do have a whole episode where we talk about it way back in the Nerds on Film podcast. You can go find that and listen to us gush about that. I think it might arguably be. It's not my favorite uh, film, but I think it might actually be Mel Brooks's best movie. Um, yeah, yeah. You don't think so? No, Young Frankenstein. Okay, but see, I love Young Frankenstein as well, and it's very, very tough because they're right 
they're they're neck and neck. So, and again, this is my current opinion. And honestly, opinions about art are about as useful as <laughs> oh sure um, sure as I, I I wish I had a good um, analogy to make to this. But use your fucking imagination. Find something that's irrelevant, and then uh, basically try to use that. Just opinions and art can be very very fickle. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, that's totally also- fair. I, I'm glad you bring up Blazing Saddles because I had this conversation with my sister where I was like, okay, I feel like everyone's dad is either in one of two camps or like in the like middle Venn diagram of both of these camps where especially if you have like uh, a dad who's like stereotypical dad like mine, who's like always working out in the yard and stuff. His his favorite scene in any movie, if you ask him, is going to be one of two scenes, if not both. It is either the rhino scene from Ace Ventura or it is the beans scene from Blazing Saddles. And I feel like anytime Blazing Saddles come up, everyone is always like, oh, my dad's favorite scene of any movie anytime is the beans scene. And I'm just yeah. like, I think that's every fucking dad just wants this like five minutes of farts in their movies. And I feel like this is this is definitely like our it's, our especially our generation's dad. The funny, is the like, funny yes. part about that is that scene is the reason why I don't think it's Mel Brooks's best movie. Oh, interesting. So (laughs) I actually, my two favorite scenes from that, I have two because I can't really pick one. Um, So one is there's the scene where it's, it starts with the, up with the up of Cleavon Little, of Bart, and then the Waco kid is talking into his ear. And it's, and apparently Cleavon Little didn't know that, Wilder, Gene Wilder was going to ad lib during that scene. So it's the whole, these are but simple <laughs> farmers. These are the salt of the earth. And he goes on a couple of times and he said, you know, morons. And watching, yeah. <laughs> watching Cleavon Little's like bust up so genuinely mm-hmm. was, it just, it makes my day. Um, but then the other one is when it's one of the more controversial scenes, but it, it's the one where they basically, they knock out the, the two Klansmen and they put mm-hmm. on the Klansmen outfits and they say, so what have you, what have, what crimes have you done? And he said, we've, we've hustled cattle. That doesn't sound that crazy through the Vatican. Kinky. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. that seems pretty, uh, pretty fun. And also, I mean, just the gag of they have, have a nice day on, mm-hmm. on the back of it. And, um, and of course, again, also controversial, but who can we, how can we forget the, um, the Yiddish speaking indigenous peoples of the Sioux nation? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, also brilliant but um so we talked about that and so um let me talk a little bit about audio that i've been doing so another one of our zoom party traditions is on tuesdays and wednesday nights we would do a listening party of my dad wrote a porno podcast so can you can you tell us a little bit about that because i've i've heard really positive things about that podcast but i'm a little bit unclear as to like what exactly what's going on with it okay it so is. to be clear the three hosts Jamie Alice and James all work uh, in the media in the UK they're all british um so Jamie's dad who is from Ireland uh apparently he found out in 2015 that his dad uh, has written had written a series of self-published erotic novels um and they're all part of what they call belinda blinked um so what had happened was, was originally they agreed to read through the first book but then they kept wanting to hear know what happened to be clear the writing is so weird 
it is i don't want to say it's bad but i don't want to say it's good either um so what happens is jamie is reading the book while jamie's reading the book while um while alice and james are commenting and so they're they're like they read a little bit they stop they joke around a little bit and as they eventually go on as they keep reading through the novels they um like james starts doing or jamie sorry jamie starts doing voices for each of the characters and the best way i can describe it because i don't want to spoil anything is this think of it like this though this book is kind of these books are kind of like this the tone that i think you can interpret it as to to enjoy it is these are basically like uh, a parody of john wick but porn let's put it that way nice okay and i'm not to say that no there's no contract killers or anything not quite like that but it just in the sense that you're you end up finding out that you're part of this very much bigger bizarre world that you that exists inside of our own world um is is kind of the take i i i get from it um nice but Another one I want to talk about is I've been listening a lot. I mean, no, everyone knows I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith. Um, so I listen to a lot of his podcasts. But the one I've really been listening to a lot is Fat Man Beyond um, because he and his co-host Mark Bernardin have been um, they've been recording at their the Scum and Villainy Cantina. Even in, during quarantine, they just they 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 go in with no other attendees. It's just him and the person who runs the bar who also runs sound for them. And they they just do the podcast that way and they social distance while they do it and it's really really what topics, awesome sorry go ahead um sorry what no i was gonna ask what what topics does he cover on on fat man beyond because i think the i was listening to his podcast for a while but i was listening to jay and silent bob get old which is the one he did with jason muse i i never listened to fat man on batman or any of the or any of his other ones so what what does he cover in fat man beyond uh, so fat man beyond definitely has more of the the nerddom kind of slant on it. So basically Mark, so for those who don't know who Mark Bernardin is, Mark Bernardin is a screenwriter who has kind of dabbled in both worlds of he's been a screenwriter, but he's also been a critic and he's also been a journalist. So he's kind of like work walked both sides of that writing spectrum. And uh, so what they do is they, the current version of it, because it used to be, they would just find some aspect of the Batman character and talk about that. And sometimes they would even do like a commentary track of one of the Batman films. Um, but now it's kind of morphed into, um, they do, they cover, uh, all like entertainment related news specifically, usually related around superhero properties. Um, but occasionally they'll branch out to like some sci-fi stuff. Of course they talk about star Wars because they, they recorded the scum and villainy cantina. They talk about star Trek every now and again as well. Um, and then what they'll do is they'll, they'll do some updates for what they're working on because it's now been revealed that Mark and Kevin, we're, well, Kevin's the showrunner on a new version of Masters of the Universe that's going to be in net, on Netflix in like the next year. Um, and now they've even gotten to in, to interviewing people and they're interviewing people remotely now. And then they finally they do Q&A's. And I love the Q&A's because it is always about how uh, Kevin would, would, would answer a question and how Mark would answer a question. And Kevin's usual response is that Mark's answers are better because he thinks Mark is a, <laughs> Mark is a better writer than him. Um, but... It got real. It got very, very real uh, on their most recent episode because of you know everything that's been going on um, with the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. 
Um, Mark Bernardin is black. Uh, and he kind of just like he laid it out very simply for people who maybe don't understand why this why these protests are going on or or why things got so escalated as they did. Um, and I don't want to take a whole lot of time to, to to talk about that. But I just like it was really he he did it in such a way that was non confrontational, uh, non judgmental, but yet very, very, very honest that um, I thought was super um super super well done and i just i have i follow mark bernardin on um twitter and actually i got i want to tell you just the kind of guy he is i um he had they he had done an episode of fat man beyond a couple of years ago and he made a comment about how uh chris pratt was like super republican and like he didn't want to go all the way down his instagram because he didn't want to know how far that rabbit hole uh went um basically i think what he was trying to say was like i don't want to discover that he is like super racist. <laughs> um, I, I actually went and dug through all of Chris Pratt's Instagram. And I was like, I, and I, and I just replied to him on, on Twitter and said, Hey dude, you know, I heard your episode. I don't think Chris Pratt's that Republican. I think he's just a, the dude just really likes fishing and flannels. Um, <laughs> no, he's, he's part of a, he's part of a church that, um, he goes to a Christian church that is uh, has of some very uh, strong opinions on um, gay people and sure. a lot of sure. other yeah. things. Like th- that's that's part, and I know uh, the large Christian Republican contingent in this country has kind of raised Chris Pratt up to be there their guy right so poster boy yeah yeah and so then that's why i said this like i don't think he's because i it seems that chris pratt tries to distance himself from that he doesn't ever outright make those kind of like political statements and so i i pointed that out and he actually said you know upon further inspection i realized i might have been a bit too quick to judge and like he was super honest about it i'm like First off, you're a guy who like you listen, you read your Twitter responses, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you take them at their as, as they are, and you respond to them. And I'm like, that was I'm like he's a he's a stand up guy. Like I I love listening to him talk because he just he he goes so deep into the writing thought process. Like if he talks about a movie, he will he he will gush over why he loved that movie, and he will also very earnestly tell you why he did not like a movie and he won't just and he won't make he won't be scathing about it he'll just talk about it from a very functional level like this is this doesn't compute to me as a writer you're i i I see the movie as being about this this and this and here's how the movie didn't hit those marks basically so um i have a ton of respect for him for that reason um and so those have been my audio. The one other thing I want to talk about is, well, there's actually two, but you know, being that we're, we haven't been able to perform theater. Um, one of our theater companies actually started a group called Thursday night theater, where we do a reader's theater. We do, we do like a, a dramatic reading of, of either a play or a movie. And we've done lots of great stuff. Like we did, we've done, uh, we did the princess bride, which was great. Cause I got to do a take on, uh, Aniga Montoya finally, uh, which was awesome. Um, this is like it was just a joy just to 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 play this movie that I've seen a hundred million times. Um, <laughs> we we also did like Twelve Angry Men, which was I thought was really really poignant too. Uh, we did Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and we've done more than this. But I'm just like I'm just giving you some highlights here. Uh, we've covered David Ives. We did All in the Timing uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, 
we, we've really kind of just covered all over the board. Um, so it, it, that's been a really great outlet for us to like observe live performance also to do some sort of some semblance of performance um, has been really, really helpful, I think, for a lot of people in that in that group. And then honestly, cooking, because not that we like we, we have been like, you know, we're saving a lot of money, not having to worry about commuting and like buying lunch out in the world every day since we haven't been able to do that. But like, yeah, we've been like, you know, ordering out and stuff, but we've also been doing a lot of cooking and I've learned to just kind of like really start to try things for myself. Like I, I've made my own syrups. I learned how to make, I mean, simple syrup is called simple syrup for a reason, but like I've learned how to do that and actually gone through it. It's like, oh, wow, this is crazy easy. Uh, I learned how to make a couple different kinds of salad dressings. I learned how to make my own sauces. I made hollandaise sauce for the first time from scratch, which I understand why people don't do that now because it is a pain in the butt. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I made a sourdough starter, uh, which I have named SpongeBob, which was like, and it's, it's been ready, but I've been, I've been uh chilling it so i haven't actually made anything with it yet but it is ready to go um and also like i just like i cut my own i learned how to cut my own hair like 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 that's the world we're living in now like (laughs) i had to learn how to cut my own hair and thankfully i mean my camera my video is not on right now so you can't see it but it looks like my hair generally looks when i go to a barber so it i'm i'm pleased that i've learned that skill set now i actually may not go back to a barber once uh once they reopen to be totally honest with you so nice um i uh i haven't let reed cut his own hair because um wedding and where you know it's a small wedding still but i was like there's gonna be pictures taken i am not having you screw this up (laughs) yeah I was like, the last yeah. thing we need is like a Marshall and how I met your mother moment where he just shaves like straight down the middle of his head. And that's it. That's when that's when you put on a hat <laughs> and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Just so put on that's a hat. kind of like that's I mean, that's the long and the short of it for me. I'm I, I'm sorry if I if I went way too long there. I felt like I was talking for like 20 minutes straight there. You're good. OK, you you brought up a lot of interesting things that um, I think when I originally conceived this episode, um, I hadn't really thought of. So you did a really nice job of bringing up things like other podcasts or other hobbies, too. So like where I mentioned things like movies and TV and books and like consumable entertainment media. You also mentioned, um, you know, things like podcasts, like what we're doing right now or things that also still had a very social component to them, like your online theater reads and, and things like that. And I think that's an important thing to acknowledge, too, is that we don't necessarily have to collect kind of collapse in on ourselves during this time we don't have to we we have to social distance but that doesn't mean we have to isolate either it is important to maintain particular relationships um while still following you know the the social distancing rules and and things like that just for our own safety but it it is important to still try to maintain those relationships for our own mental health um sarah what have you been up to what have you been kind of turning to during this stressful period uh exercise for one um for sure i actually um so i the past couple years um as gina well knows because she got me hooked up with the the workout studio that i go to um but um i've been you know exercising a lot more in the past few years than i ever have in my entire life um 
and I've really come to rely on it. So um, I luckily my workout studio um, does online classes. Um, so I've been able to do it remotely from home. Um, but regardless of that, there's like all kinds of free ways to work out. And so I've not only just been doing workouts at home, but um, for sure, taking the dog out on long walks, going on hikes, that kind of thing as we can. Um, been trying to do that because if I don't exercise, I go a little stir crazy now. Um, Got to get out <laughs> that energy somehow. And I've been cross stitching a lot. Um, which just helps keep my hands busy because as some of, I think I've talked about this before on like old episodes and stuff, but if I don't have my hands busy while I'm like sitting there watching TV or watching a movie, I will fall asleep. Um, so, um, it kind of helps keep me, um, multitasking to keep me awake, I guess. It kind of makes me want to see if perhaps, 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 perhaps you, would fall asleep in the middle of a recording if you weren't playing with your hands. I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, so I, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, uh, been cross stitching a lot. So I've been working on some things there, but, um, what I've been consuming in the way of media, as far as that goes, I've been woefully behind on all my podcasts because I'm not commuting and I can't listen to podcasts while I'm working. Cause I just, it's too much brain power. So, um, I'm, I'm like a hundred episodes behind on like all of my favorite podcasts, except for one <laughs> that I always make it a point to catch up and listen to. Um, it's been, Oh, hello. Um, which they just had a very short season. Um, and it's Nick Kroll and John Mulaney doing their, um, Gil and George characters. Um, and it's flipping hilarious. They're like doing this podcast that like pokes fun at other podcasts while they're trying to uh solve the murder of princess diana it's just totally totally bizarre and super funny and i love it um so there's that one um as far as movies go i haven't been watching a, a lot of movies movies um i watch i did watch harriet finally um and that was amazing and actually i think definitely did not get nearly enough credit at the oscars as it deserved um and it was a fabulous fabulous story um i'm trying to think oh and i watched um we watched a documentary called hail satan it's got a question mark on it so i feel like you have to say it that way hail (laughs) satan um and it was a documentary penny lane right penny lane was the one who directed that movie uh i don't know who directed it Um, but it's on Hulu. It's, um, a documentary about, um, the satanic church, um, in the United States and basically what they're all about. And, um, it was, it was just pretty, it was just pretty fascinating because they're basically, their whole point is turning religion on its head and trying to maintain a separation of church and state. So, um, by pointing out hypocrisy, uh, and it's just, it's really, really interesting. I, I, thoroughly enjoyed it and totally recommend it for people. Um, especially if you're just like of you're of an open mind about that kind of thing. Some people will absolutely hate it, but I really enjoyed it. Um, the TV that I've been watching, um, we caught up on the whole third season of Westworld, which in my mind peak sci-fi, like peak of the entire genre sci-fi. It is exactly what you want sci-fi to be. And I thought it was really, really well done. Um, and extremely compelling. And so I don't want to spoil anything of that show, but I will just say 
watch Westworld. <laughs> if you haven't watched Westworld, watch Westworld. Um, and we watched, uh, or I watched Self Made, um, the story of Madam C.J. Walker. Oh, how was that? It was really entertaining and very well done. Um, played with history a lot. So it's, um, mm-hmm. it was, some of the stuff was uh, relatively fictionalized. Her, um, her uh, rivalry that she has, which was, you know, definitely came from some truth, was uh, played out a little bit differently than I think it was in actual real life. But um, it was still a very, very interesting, like, little miniseries to watch. Um, I watched Hollywood, which I know Gina did not like. I and I I, I liked it, but I didn't like it. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's that's it. I didn't not like it. I think I'm wondering if if Dave is going to talk about this a little bit, too. Um, I know Dave watched it also, and we we had a discussion about it. And that's why why Sarah says I don't like it. My issue with it was, hey, Ryan Murphy really likes to remind us that Darren Chris is half Filipino. Yeah. Um, that but that's you know, that that's a writing problem. But my my issue with it is. It. It seemed a little off-putting that it was it was very much kind of like an alternate history kind of thing where in that golden age of Hollywood, there was a push to make films with minorities, with a female black lead and, you know, make Hollywood more accessible to minorities. And the thing is, Ryan Murphy has hit a lot of criticism in the past of like his casts are incredibly white. And I'm like, okay, it's great that you are making this statement about like, ooh, but what if we had been more accepting in the 1950s? And it's like, yeah, we could have been more accepting in the 1950s, but you could also be putting more like people of color in your TV shows now instead of this very dreamy like, oh, but what if back then it was this way? Like it it just seemed a little bit hollow to me. No, and I I get that. um, And I to me like the whole thing was just kind of like blatant wish fulfillment and i was kind of it's like once you accepted that i was like okay that's fine i mean it just it wrapped up so perfectly with the perfect little bow that that was like where i was like rolling my eyes a little bit um but beautifully made though like yeah it was extremely well made i think stunningly made yeah and i actually think it was a pretty entertaining story despite the fact that it kind of wrapped up really nicely. Um, and I mean, I don't, I don't want to give like any like little brownie points to Ryan Murphy, but I do also want to point out that he did, you know, he's the producer for pose and pose is an extremely not very white cast. So, um, uh, okay. Yeah. I, so I, I, I didn't realize he was involved with pose. I, yeah. I know his work more with things like glee, which is also super problematic American horror story. And like the, the things that really have like the big Ryan Murphy name attached to them. I did not know yeah. he was involved with pose. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, he did. He did pose. He did, um, feud, uh, the Joan and Betty. So he's done a few more FX things too. Um, so I think, uh, and then he, he was also the producer on the Versace, um, the, uh, the right. uh, American well, c- murder 
story or whatever that one was. Right. Because that. Um, that, 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 that one also was the one that had Darren Chris in it. Um, yes. Where yeah. it was also very, very like, okay, we're going to remind you Darren Chris. Like I was, yeah, yeah. that's, that's the reason I got a little bit annoyed with like how frequently they mentioned Darren Chris was half Filipino in uh-huh. Hollywood because yes he is and I acknowledge his cultural background but he is he is very white passing sure sure I mean and well and that's why they kept bringing it up in Hollywood because they were trying to bring up the context of you know he is white passing and he gets called out on it in the first episode you know right um but yeah and I just that uh that Versace one was just really funny to me because I'm like, why did they cast, they cast all the Italians as Hispanic people. Like all the, they were all played by Hispanic actors. So like, yeah. okay, cool. Um, either which way. Uh, so I watched that. Um, and then uh, black AF on Netflix was really good. Um, I really enjoyed that one. Um, it was like such a good way of like having like comedy, you know, it was just like a really good family sitcom and funny, terrible characters, um, and Rashida Jones, who is amazing. Um, and yet they also like intersperse these, um, these almost like educational moments for people who don't know about what it's like being a black person in this country and the history there and all that other stuff. So, um, and also the show does a really good job of not treating black people like a monolith. And, um, it was, it was just a very, very well done sitcom. So I highly recommend that one as well. And then other than that, I've just mostly been binge watching RuPaul's Drag Race. A lot. Nice. <laughs> we all have our go-tos. Like, Same. Ever since HBO yeah. Max jumped on, we've been watching Friends again. Um, and we were watching Friends when it was available from Hulu based on like when it was on TBS or whatever. But like, you know, we've all got those staples. And Friends still yeah. Yeah. holds up. 20 years later, which is crazy. I think it's been 20 years. Um, you, you think it holds up still? There's a lot of times when I rewatch it and I kind of cringe. Oh, it's not all of it. Not all of it has, has aged well. Let, let me be very, very clear. Yeah. But there's many of the episodes that I think have still, the humor still holds up is what I'm trying to say. Okay. I yeah, haven't yeah, that seen I enough see. of Friends to make that judgment. Like, I think I've seen, I think the number of episodes of Friends I have seen all the way through, I can count on one hand. Like, that was just something that I, I never really consumed. Like, it just because it was never like on in my house either. And I think it's funny that like, there, there were so many kids, like young college, like I'm, I'm an older college student. I I acknowledge that. But there were so many like freshmen, sophomore college students that came in and they were like, oh, my God, like Friends is the best TV show. And I'm just like, we're. Were were you even alive? Right. Friends was actually on the air. Yeah, I I don't think you were, but I'm glad you're enjoying these things. But like, I just I I cannot connect to the youth who watched friends and I cannot connect to the generation yeah. before mine that watched friends. It oh, was, it's just it, real yeah, quick. It was, yeah. Sorry. Before I forget, I just, I forgot a book that I read. Well, I audio booked it. Oh yeah. That was so audio books good. Count as books. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I just totally forgot to, to say this one out loud. Um, kill the farm boy. <gasps> yes. So 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 good so yes. good i i realized that my my favorite genre 
it, is comedy basically from this whole thing. Like, I don't know why I never really realized it before, but like of all my favorite things, like if it's fantasy, if it's sci-fi, if it's whatever, I love it. But it, if it has comedy on top of that, even better, this book, hilarious. And it is that- like the, it is like Monty Python meets Princess Bride meets, I, I don't even know. It's just, it's a fantasy story with the weirdest fucking humor in it. And it's all got dirty jokes and puns in it. It's it so is fun. so good. Okay, so speaking <laughs> have of, you- I actually have to ask both of you a question really quick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Have either of you seen the most recent um, version of Emma? Uh, no. Not yet. Oh my God, Sarah and Gina. I know. You have, you have, you have <laughs> English degrees. How dare you? I know. Okay. Man, fool, I was trying to graduate and did not even get a ceremony to celebrate. I'm trying to catch up on my media while also like being involved in shit while I'm home. It is on my list. Okay. So here's what I will say. <laughs> I have seen uh, various versions of this story. In fact, em, uh, Roxy and I worked on a theatrical version of Emma when we were in college. Um, so oh, nice. I'm fairly familiar with this story. Of course, I love Clueless, which is also based off of the the source, the Jane Austen source material. This version of Emma was the first version where I laughed out loud, and I laughed out loud multiple times because. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so they Question. Managed, so hold on. So they they, okay. they managed to capture all of the the essence of the landed gentry period. Oh, everything is very period accurate. Um, it's incredibly well shot. But the way they play the characters, I think some of them play the moments of a of a to a certain level of absurdity to the point where it just gets um it just gets it just it just it makes you guffaw at it the one great example is um reverend elton the guy who plays reverend elton kind of plays him first off he kind of looks like a vampire (laughs) with the way he looks because he's got like this collar that goes up into his neck and there's even a scene where he's wearing a cloak and he's got this very um you can it's it's like he's it's like he's an alien who's trying to be as amicable of a human as possible that's the best way i can try to explain Uh that he plays it and he is so awkward when the the way he comes across and it's deliciously hilarious to listen to him to to watch him perform that sorry sarah what were you gonna say my question i had a question for you you just said that there's no version of Emma that's ever made you laugh out loud are you saying you've never laughed out loud at clueless no laugh out loud sorry what i meant to say is because clueless is an adaptation of emma it's a loose adaptation of emma i'm what i meant to actually say was a more direct adaptation of it so okay. like okay i was about to say i'm like clueless is flipping hilarious bro no, oh, clueless God, is, is so flipping funny. hilarious um it really no absolutely 100 it is um but like i'm saying like if you were to compare it to the gwyneth paltrow version from the mid 90s um sure. very different tonally it's uh they i think the way that many directors have tried to approach Jane Austen is they try to approach it from the British level of sensibility of comedy, where it's you're really playing with the subtext, I guess, for lack of a better word, to um, to make those moments funny. And I that's not to say they don't do that in this version. They definitely do. But I think there's just something about the tone of the movie that where the comedy feels much more deliberate. And uh, and I think it still works. I think it very much still feels 
true to the source material and still very feels feels very true to the the characters um it just it just is done in a way that makes you makes me want to laugh more so best way i can describe it and i am not a jane austen fan nice. by the way i am like it's, it's not like i hate jane austen but it's not like man you know what i want to watch right it's now it's just not for you i just i just want to watch northanger abbey right now and i, I don't think of that <laughs> like i don't that's not a thought that goes through my head it goes through vanessa's head quite a quite a bit but doesn't happen to me very much so <laughs> well i it is on my list. It it came very highly recommended um, by by another friend of mine. My my friend Liz uh, really enjoyed the the new adaptation of Emma. So it's it's on there. It's just more like I I notice that I am turning a lot more to things like books or episodes of TV because I find that my attention span has been. Um, a little less than during this period. And so sometimes it's hard for me to like sit for two hours and, and watch a movie. And I understand I can pause a movie, but I feel like I find for me, it's a little easier to give myself those stopping points of, I can finish a chapter or I can finish a 20 minute episode and put it down and walk away. And that way I don't feel like I'm cutting something that is a a larger piece which is and you know especially in in reading something like uh kill the farm boy um which i also read which was just a riot and a half um it's nice to a have that comedy but also that ability to also like set things down when you need to and and walk away. And I think that's a good thing to mention, too, is, you know, we've mentioned a lot of media today. You know, these might be uh, things that you may enjoy. These these are definitely things that we enjoyed. But do what is going to be best for you during this weird time to maintain your own mental health. And if something isn't working for you, there is no shame in just putting it down and either moving on to something else or just walking away. We we definitely need to remember to maintain our, our own headspace to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves. Yeah, but with that said, you now need to go back and listen and watch everything that we just talked about, listen to it, <laughs> read those books, and then come back to us and report because otherwise, what are we doing here? <laughs> Listeners, if, if any of you have either consumed any of that media or maybe have recommendations for us or you want to tell us about some of your favorite things that you've turned to during this time, you're definitely free to contact us. Have you been absorbing new media or picking up new hobbies? Have you been returning to old favorites? I know plenty of my friends are just rewatching The Office over and over and over again because that's what's giving them comfort what have you been doing during this time or even if you do choose to pick up any of the things that we mentioned like sarah said though most of you have probably seen blade runner already so if you want to send judgment towards me that's okay too judge Um, feel 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 free to to reach out to us also Um, we want to actually include a segment from dave who couldn't be here to record but wanted to contribute so while we're while we're talking about that, let's go ahead and let's hear what Dave had to say, how he's been consuming media. Hey, nerds, what's up? It's Dave. Uh, sorry, I was not able to join the conversation uh, live. Uh, just uh, wasn't in the scheduling cards, but I did want to contribute uh, to kind of check in and let you guys know what has been happening 
in the middle of this crazy, uh, crazy pandemic. Um, I, uh, well, I've been quarantined down in LA. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've had a couple of moments where I've been able to kind of sneak away and uh, go up and see my wife or my wife has been able to sort of sneak away and come down. So we've definitely tried to make that work. Um, but I would say my time in quarantine has been pretty much busy with work. Um, thankfully I work for a production company that's allowed me to continue to be on the payroll. And, um, because of that, um, they were selling some new ideas to various, uh, streaming platforms and, um, they were in the need of, uh, of developing new material. And so, um, as soon as the pandemic hit and the lockdowns started happening or the shelters in place started happening rather, um, they had offered to me to join their development team. And since then I've been working with them about developing a new, uh, series for them. Um, so, uh, which sounds a lot more exciting than it actually is. Um, it doesn't mean I get to write an episode or that you'll see my name in the credits, uh, uh, along with like a story by credit. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but what's been interesting is that it's, I've gone from being a, a production assistant to becoming what ostensibly is a writer's assistant. Um, so helping take notes, um, putting in notes into outlines, and I'm sure there will be, as soon as we start getting actual scripts written, which we're getting close to do, um, there will be a need to input those notes into scripts and so on and so forth. Um, so it's definitely been a very interesting experience, um, a good learning experience to see how being, or see, or rather see what being a writer's assistant is like. Um, so that's been sort of occupying most of my time um, because, you know, at night I'll do whatever notes need to be put in and um, that's kind of it. Um, personally, um, I have uh, a pilot that I'm writing. Um, I haven't quite figured out if it's a kid's show yet. Uh, it started off as a kid's show um, and it just is kind of a wacky idea. And so I think I'm just going to hopefully try to gear it towards kids. But um with the, with the hope of like, you know, gearing it towards like teenagers kind of thing. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but you know, I've been able to sort of write my personal stuff. Um, uh, I wish I could say that I read more books. Um, I haven't done that. Um, I really need to, I have like four or five books that I really want to read. Um, so I need to kind of pick up the pace on that. Um, uh, some of you uh, in the group, Sarah specifically, and maybe even Brian, uh, might remember there was a time when I used to play the guitar. Uh, and by play the guitar, nerds and, and listeners, I mean I used to play that one Green Day song, Good Riddance, over and over and over and over and over again. Um, so I bought a guitar for myself probably when I was, God, I don't know, 19, 20? Uh, it was an acoustic guitar because, hey, uh, that was cool back then. That's how you got the ladies. Didn't work for me, but that's what I was told. Um, so I had this guitar, and it's just been sort of collecting dust. And um, on my birthday, uh, which happened a few weeks ago, um, I was with some friends, and they brought up their guitar, and they had just restrung it. 
when we were playing and I was kind of like looking up old, you know, other songs to play and I just kind of ignited a fun, uh, feeling inside of me. So I, I restrung my guitar and I cleaned it out and dusted it off. And, uh, I'm now just, uh, kind of learning to, to play it again. Um, you know, finding new songs to play and, you know, just kind of exploring and doing different things. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, TV wise or, or movie wise or media in general, I can't say that I've watched anything really new. Um, there was a time, a, a period of time here in the pandemic where my wife and I were looking for something that was sort of just mindless to watch. And we ended up falling onto watching numbers <laughs> With David Krumholtz and Rob Morrow and you know, on that CBS show about the mathematician who helps who helps solve crimes with his FBI brother. Uh, I do, don't ask me why. I, I don't know why that was sort of where we settled, um, but it was. And I watched far more episodes uh, than I think I thought I was going to. And then I got to about like season five and I was like, this is starting to become a slog. Um which was unfortunate because I was kind of digging it there for a second. And then it just kind of became, ugh, you know? Uh, so yeah, there you go. I'm watching that. Um, I was just, I think primarily I've been just trying to find not so heavy things to watch. Cause there's a couple of shows that I would love to watch, but they do have some heft to them. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm quite ready to emotionally uh, dive into that yet. Um, you know, a lot of them require your attention. And sometimes, you know, with everything that's been going on in this world, um, you know, and, and being so glued to news outlets and, you know, just wanting to see like what, you know, the, 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 the reactions of the day are, um, wanting to watch something that has a little bit more fluffiness has kind of been my go-to. Um, I did recently just watch, um, this was fun. I thought, uh, I, I just watched, uh, the, the first two of the new star Wars trilogy. And I got to say, if they, despite them not having a, a full outline of like, this is going to happen and this is the arc of Ray and so on and so forth. But it does. If you watch them back to back, man, like they, they tend to have, there's connectivity there. There's connective tissue. And when I was watching The Last Jedi and I knew what was going to happen in The Rise of Skywalker, I was looking at things and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, they kind of they kind of help aid those things. Like um, it just made me start thinking about the idea that, like, I think people get upset because, you know, there's such a gap between the release of these movies that, like, I think sometimes people forget or sometimes people, you know, you may watch the first two movies and then go see the movie the next day. And you're like, Oh, it's fresh in my mind. And it's like, well, maybe it's not like, I think you should be watching it sequentially, like almost back to back, um, in order to sort of get like the full picture spectrum. So, uh, completely unrelated, but that was just something I, I, I noticed. So anyway, um, but yeah, it's just been a lot of just trying to find, you know, peace within myself, which sounds very, um, generic, but it's just, you know, just trying to take it day by day and just trying to figure out our place in this world and how we can be of help. And, um, just understanding that there's a, there's a bit of a, a shift happening in this world and how do we, how do we help and where are we in that? And that's just been sort of my own internal thinking about, uh, about things. And, um, 
you know, I, uh, I, of course there's always times that I wish I had done more, but I think I did as much as I possibly could in the pandemic based on, you know, my, uh, my own emotional bandwidth, uh, throughout the, the last couple of months. So, um, I think all things considered, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I, you know, it could be worse, <laughs> could be absolutely worse. Um, but that's just a, a little sneak peek. Um, again, I'm really sorry that I wasn't there to be able to see you guys or, uh, uh interact, but, uh, have no fear. Um, I will be on a future episode and, uh, you know, to all of you listeners out there, um, you know, I hope you guys are safe. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're around your loved ones. Um, you know, don't take that stuff for granted. Enjoy the time that you have with your, your family. Cause it's, it's precious time. And in these sort of crazy, really tumultuous times, uh, that's what, you know, will help you get through. Um, and that doesn't have to be familial. You know, if you got a group of friends that, uh, you can lean on and, and have them be a part of your every day, then that's, that's, that's absolutely perfect. So anywho, uh, thanks for coming to my Ted talk. Uh, love you guys. And, uh, we will be chatting soon. Bye. Cool. Well, Dave, thank you for sharing that. We appreciate it. It's good to hear your voice again, because it's been so long since we've heard it. Uh, really, he was on the Oscar episode this year, too. But, you know, we haven't, we don't, as much as we are friends and we we message each other constantly, we don't hear each other's voices that much. So, up until when we record. So, I... I well, I mean, Brian, I hate to break this to you, but the rest of us, just, we talk on the phone all the time. I knew just it! all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> see and, and it's just it's it's your voice that we just you know it's just sometimes it's a little just you know that's i don't understand feeling in the back of your head voice. what is so wrong with my voice that you don't want it sorry guys this is my real voice this is what i sound like when i'm not recording the podcast <laughs> what is so wrong with my voice that you can't under you can't talk to me yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Anyway, that's a. Ch- <laughs> I don't actually sound like that, guys. Please don't take that seriously. So, um, hey everybody, this is episode one of the of the show. Please know that, like, hey, our worlds being kind of like turned upside down changed our production plans, and so we we were originally planning to have a bunch of episodes ready to go for summer. We are still going to be we are still working on those episodes. They will probably start to be available within the next month or so. So you're going to we did this just to like, so, you know, hey, we're still out there. We're still working. So just know that, like, in the next month or so, you should expect them to be available. And also we're going back to weekly for when we which is yay, huge announcement. We don't have to wait two weeks for um for new episodes. But, you know, we are we are adopting a season format. So we do have that ability like we can take a long break and then we can go weekly 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 and then we can take a long break again we we don't think you need to listen to us for more than a particular chunk at a time weekly is what brian is trying to say <laughs> as sarah has made abundantly clear lord knows they can't stand to listen to me for more than about an hour at a time so um Aww. you it, it's yeah that's it. true yeah so yeah that's true that's true <clears throat> <laughs> Just a moment. Oh, sorry. Siri got called up on my on one of my devices. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that you know what that happens to me all the time. People around me saying my name really fast, saying "Hey, Sarah" or something like that, kicks off Siri. That's funny. <laughs> huh.
Okay. Well, on that note, unfortunately, you cannot contact us through Siri, but you can find us through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you are so inclined to contact us, you can contact us through our website, nerdonomy.com. That was we want to bring our. Sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. You were you were on a roll there. That was such an amazing segue, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> So sorry. Continue. Continue. <laughs> you couldn't have told me at the end, Brian. I'm sorry. You just I'm broke sorry. it. I'm sorry. You just. I can. I can make it clean. I can. I can make it clean and edit. Keep going. Just do it. No, that's o- that's okay. You can leave it in. You can leave. You it just in. disrupted the emperor's groove. <laughs> you threw off the groove. Okay. But as I as I mentioned, you can contact us through our website, nerdonomy.com. We do want to bring back our listener feedback segment. Ellie, we know you are out there. We know you are still writing Time Daughter. We know that you have sent messages out into the ether. Please know that you did scream into the void, but now the void is screaming back. We do have some Ellie feedback from, from way back when during our hiatus. But we want to hear from all of you. So again... Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can email us directly through nerdonomy.com. And again, nerds, it's it's time to go. I think this is has been some nice time we've spent together. But until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune in to our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Bye. Later. Bye. Gina, no joke. That was sexy. That that close to was sexy. Brian's got it. a raging heart on right now, and he's very <laughs> feeling very conflicted because he's married. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, I'm I'm glad it I'm glad it worked for you. It was good for me too, Brian. <laughs>